Welcome back to the Great Time Podcast, Brando. Thanks, James. It's great to be back. I don't. I feel like I've never left. Well, really, you haven't. And this week, we have a special treat for the people of the Great Time Podcast because we are premiering, but also recapping the Thunder Bay International Film Festival that you and I were lucky enough to be in attendance of last year. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, great films, great filmmakers, good people. And if you haven't been up to the museum there, it's uh, the NOAA Museum is a awesome place to visit if you're into shipwrecks and being underwater. And they have a little diving section. We as Michiganders are have been, I should say, have been lucky enough to be the home of the only freshwater national marine sanctuary in the world. Um, until recently, we got uh, there's some more starting to pop up in the Great Lakes, but uh, the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary that we have is just at a, a beautiful museum. And every year, Brando, they host a NOAA Film Festival with films all about not just scuba diving, but, you know, water in general, the, the health of the water, the, the quality of the water. Some of them are just fun little films. Some of them are, you know, pretty deeply intense films. Some of them are tearjerkers. Some of them are political upstart. But uh, it's, it's a good collection of all different kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And as far as a, a weekend of trying to find something to do and the end of January in Michigan. This is a great little way to get away, watch some films, meet some people, uh, have a couple of northern Michigan wines and beers uh, at, at the gala events that take place on uh, you know Friday and Saturday night. Always Does everything a- have to involve booze with you? No, it's just, uh, it's, it's just in celebration of being up there in northern Michigan. It's one of the tre- it's one of the treasures that we have up there. Booze. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's uh, actually we do have some great wines and some great craft beers, as you are known to indulge in. And um, the films are incredible. The people, there's a, a good amount of people that come to these uh, these events. How many times have we been going there? How many years have we been going there, James? Uh, well, we started pre-pandemic, and then the right. pandemic, and then the I pandemic got in the way, and then uh, then we've been back. So it's been yeah, it's been a, a couple of years now. Uh, last year, we were up there doing some interviews, which is kind of the the whole point of the show today. We've got a few interviews for you guys today with a couple of the filmmakers, couple of the inside people that have been putting this event on. We met a ton of cool people last year. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the filmmakers we got to to go out and hang out and just learn more from and become friends with. You know, we did have a really a, a really great time both at the festival and um, after the festival, going out to eat, hanging out. So it's a great uh, little um, – I was surprised at the amount of films that are, uh, like, worldwide. It, it's not just a Michigan film festival. Uh, it's a it's a global film festival. It's an international film festival, as is in the title. But um, yeah, you got people coming from all over the the world to uh, 
enter the films, to watch the films, and uh, just relax and have a nice time. Yeah, there's a there's a main base program that I do believe that uh, Noah runs, and then each location around the world where they do host these, uh, they kind of tailor it a little bit to the the local area, as well as you know the the the, the event, the, the film festival also features you know a whole uh, student film section as yeah. well. You know, uh, for a, a lot of the the local kids who are getting into filmmaking. Uh, there's a whole filmmakers, you know, panel that they end up doing, you know, with a you know Q and A section and talking to the people about filmmaking in general. If you're interested, along with like making of their individual films. Yeah, the panel was really interesting. You got to kind of get inside the heads of the filmmakers themselves and um, find out what makes them tick, how they came up with their ideas, what was behind making of the films. Pretty darn cool. And it's not so humongous of an uh, an event that, you know, the people are out of reach. The people that actually make the films are out of reach. You can go there and talk to them. Right, right. Shake hands and uh, start a conversation very, very easily with a bunch of filmmakers who are excited to talk about the project that they're doing. You can find out some more information, people, by going over to ThunderBayFriends.org. It's uh, the, the Friends of the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary who actually promote and put this event on there's a, a link over there where you can get your tickets uh, january 24th to the 28th this year of uh, 2024 uh, brando and i'll be up there uh, watching some films and hanging out uh, so come on up and uh, and see us and enjoy a couple of these little interviews that we did but Brando, before we get started there, we got to let everybody know that it is 2024 and uh, a big <laughs> cheers to the new year from our friends over at Manscaped. You know, the ladies have been uh, sending some responses, you know, thanking us to l- letting everybody know that as much as the old, you know, Lawnmower 5.0 is a great ball trimmer, the ladies can use it too. <laughs> Of course, I don't think there's any That's right. Laws. So ladies and guys, it shouldn't be just your resolutions this year that are well kept. 2024 is a time for new heights and new opportunities and a new look for uh, Times Square balls, if you know what I mean. And Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. You too, ladies. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. (laughs) Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide and uh, some ladies too, now is your time to get a grip on grooming with our exclusive code. You know the one. Go to manscaped.com, put in TGDP, 20% off, and free shipping. Happy New Year or happy new balls. Wow. <laughs> happy new balls. <laughs> Was that one of your highlights of 2023? That smooth sack of yours? That uh, everyone's come uh, to know and love on the dive boat. Really want to know what's going on over Everybody here. on the dive boat has come <laughs> to know and love though that smooth sack of Brando's. Mm. Well, I think that we have to draw a line in the sand somewhere on things we discuss on the Great Dive Podcast. <laughs> That's 
that's the line right there. Listen, we talk about good dive buddies all the time. We talk about uh, good sidekicks, and everybody knows that the Manscaped's fifth-generation lawnmower, it's not just a trimmer, it's your grooming sidekick, Brando. Old sidekick. Listen, we all know it. Let's face it, we're a couple of weeks into January. Your resolutions might come and go, people, but a well-groomed you, that's here to stay, thanks to Manscaped. So get over there, 20% off free shipping with the code TGDP at manscaped.com because nothing says Happy New Year like a deal that leaves your balls and your budget feeling refreshed. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer courtesy of Manscaped, people. You can use the trimmers for other areas, too. Let's not... Let's not just let's not um pigeonhole everybody into <laughs> Wait, you don't have to be a hairy scruffy monster just with smooth clean balls you could uh... <laughs> Exactly. Hey, that's take... what I'm going going to right there. That's that's just a simple fact. You don't have to put the emphasis on the balls cuz the uh, trimmers are excellent excellent pieces of uh equipment to keep yourself clean, fresh. And not, and smooth. I know. I know me. I mean, look at me. Look at me. It's a it's a job keeping me smooth. It's a job. Listen, you don't like get the name. You don't get the name old. Smooth Sack Schwartz by uh, <laughs> by not putting in a little I bit of effort. I've got that name, but <laughs> Brando, who's first up? Who's first up on our uh, hit parade on the? On the interviews, yeah. So we've got we've got what four of them? We've got four interviews that we've done. Um, we could put Alex Rose, Alexandra Rose. I'd put her first. Photographer, member of the Explorers Club. She's the science editor over at Ocean Geographic magazine, and she's the managing editor of Ocean Geographic Explorers. And uh, she's got a um, conservation company to help. Save the Oceans, called Blue Ring. And um, she's doing a lot of great things to make people aware of the beauty we have in the oceans and um, help people know, like, uh, it, it doesn't come free. You have to you have to work at it to keep it, you know, especially in this day and age, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, she's a, a fantastic photographer, uh, author, writer, you know, does uh, all kinds of really, really cool stuff. In and around and for uh, the, the oceans and the, the waters of the world. So uh, she had a film last year. And uh, listen to this little interview that Brando and I got to do with Alex Rose. And action. Are you actioning? Is that We're a full recording. action? recording. Okay, well, Brando and I are here with Alex Rose, who we just got done watching one of her films from... Protected Waters, yeah. uh, the second in, in the new series that you're doing now, right? That's right. right. Yep. Did you like it? I did. I did. Okay. Um, in fact, I sent, I got on YouTube and sent the link to it to a good friend of ours. Oh, cool. Uh, shout out to Chris, who is a big turtle nerd Ooh, and good. has been down there many times off of South Padre. She, so uh, cool. She's got some family down there, so she goes every year and... Um, always wears her turtle shirt at the at the dive shop so That's shout great. out to chris uh she would have loved to be down there with you guys well i mean it's a really neat spot to go so yeah it's uh, i'd encourage people to check it out um do you have 
a, a a running tally of how many places you're hoping to hit? Do you have a, a goal of? Well, I guess there's like the realistic goal and then the idealistic goal, right? Um, I think where we're at currently, just because Jennifer and I have pretty beefy schedules just travel wise regularly is if we could get one film done a year i think that would be nice um of course we'd love to do more and if we had an opportunity at some point to shop this around as an actual series isn't just produced by us you know if you have an actual team you can do a lot more and you can hit a lot more locations which would be great but if it's just just the two of (laughs) you right yeah which makes it easy in one way but makes it very difficult exactly it's easy in that you know we can do things how we want to and when we want to that works for us but it limits us funding wise because we're self-funding these things so um, you know there, there are good and bad things about both ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the funding. How yeah. did you come about it? But obviously, you're you're self funding it, so yeah. it's out of your your, your own pocket. Yes, this so. is why we camp and stay at cheap hotels. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't we don't do anything real fancy. We're usually uh, pretty low key about all of our stuff, and uh, yeah, we we try to keep it as inexpensive as possible. And I mean, the thing is, you can do a lot with not very much if you're willing to not be in the fanciest accommodations and do the hard work um, yeah yeah, i mean we never spend more than gosh maybe between the two of us we probably spend a grand each just to like make these happen and then we both edit and both do all of our own stuff after that so are you self-taught with all that stuff or did you go to school yeah so so i am uh jennifer uh went to design school um and i've learned some of my video editing stuff from her which is cool because i did not do video editing prior to a couple years ago so this has definitely been a new thing for me but you're um, used to a photographer stuff, though yes right. I've, I've been uh, on the professional side of photography for about the last 10 years um, but I'm a science person I mean I did I was uh, pre-med and biology for my undergrad and then did a master's in aquatic biology so I'm a science nerd who just decided that uh, if you need to tell stories you need to be able to show what you see too so well, just right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're into diving I yes, know which is it. what we're all about yeah. and of course trying Wait. to uh raise awareness of our local diving but go ahead james when yeah. when did you get certified as a diver when i was 18 okay so so like year so last ago. year yeah i was gonna say let's not talk about how long ago that was um no it's it's been a bit i'm 35 now so i've been oh, diving proud, for a little a while 35 well. where were you when you got certified chicago okay yeah excellent. yeah i got certified in uh hey, hey Corey, Corey, I was gonna say, the yeah. last weekend before they closed it for ice diving really? oh yeah it was beastly oh, i figured if good. i could make it through that uh well, anything was going to be better alex, after that and it has been <laughs> Alex just went up a notch in our book. She's uh, she's she a real already deal. pretty high, so she's, not, she's a really big deal. It was the worst wetsuit ever because I did not have my own gear at that point. Right. And it was one of those like hand me down seven mils with like a shorty over it. It was ridiculous. I don't even know how I got I into it. We've all, been all there. We've all been there. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. I shudder to think back to those it those old nice. wetsuit days. It wasn't nice. And so do you do freshwater fun diving now i do i really i i will get in any water really (laughs) i i love being in and around the water so um wherever that takes me that's where i go um i haven't done as much local stuff as i'd like to lately just because work kind of takes me all over the place but um i am getting back into more freshwater stuff in general um over the pandemic you know i was kind of limited on my international stuff um because none of us were flying major flights um and i spent a lot of time just doing some 
some road trips and also kind of fell in love with the West Coast, uh, Southern Oregon in particular, because they have an amazing collection of amphibians, particularly newts and salamanders. Uh, And I think they are just the most adorable, charismatic creatures that are really good ambassador animals for ecosystems that are both topside and underwater. And um, I'm... That's a great mix of both. It it is. And and they're just really cool. And I mean, they utilize both habitats sort of equally. So they need, you know, clean forests, clean waters. And with all the wildfires that they're dealing with on the West Coast, it definitely impacts the populations as well as what they eat and who eats them. So I'm in the process of making a film with another film partner of mine in California um, about newts as the ambassador species of this one waterway and it's all freshwater stuff so it's all river snorkeling and diving yeah that's great which uh, is fun <laughs> that is the one thing about the pandemic i think is it got a lot of people who were divers yeah. that uh you know couldn't do much right they were like back to local i'm, I'm yeah. diving my backyard lake you know <laughs> exactly. i'm doing something you know yep. so that is good in a, in a way yeah, I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes to their local waters, which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about the pandemic because yeah. the thought occurred to me watching your film. Mm. Um, so when the pandemic hit us and nobody was really diving and nobody yeah. was going to the beaches and mm-hmm. definitely South Padre oh, uh, got a break a from the nonsense. Sound. Right. Yeah. yeah. So did you do you know? Maybe you don't even know. Did you see a, a uh, upswelling of the, the turtle population you know i would expect that the turtles the following years probably did better i currently don't know i haven't looked into afterwards kind of what the population did but just because of how many people weren't there uh i would imagine they at least got a break just in terms of where they nest so maybe that's Um, all we need is a couple more pandemics oh my god (laughs) the world will start getting in the right direction but in terms Mm -hmm. though of of giving the world break break sometimes it has definitely brought up a lot of talks about like well are there areas that should be closed off during certain times of year to just let areas rebound and i mean there should be i mean it's kind of crazy that places are just open 24 7 all year round for anything anytime i mean like stuff needs a break right and And we're um, seeing a lot of that (laughs) yeah we're seeing a lot of that with the films that we're watching this weekend at the the film festival here and you're seeing a lot of that of just the over exploitation of everything yeah and you get places like you know cozumel over the last couple years has you know shut down so many dive sites just because they're just so overused and beat up so bad yeah 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 and i mean i think that's the case for many places both top side and underwater. I mean, it's obvious to us as divers to see it underwater. But if you go to places like, I mean, if you see some of the really trafficked Yellowstone hikes or, you know, like El Capitan or places in Glacier, I mean, it's insane how many people go through there. And it's just, it's nice if if there were a little bit more from the regulatory side, just capping numbers, you know, and it's not to limit people because you want people to go outside. I mean, that's a good thing. I want people outside. But we need to do it in a responsible way. And because the impact, even even if you're conscious of yourself, yeah, you, we still, still make, there. Yeah, we still make an impact. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you said something really cool that I, I thought when you were introducing your film today. You said that exploration is not how you see a place. Uh, or, or no, 
I got to redo that. It's it's how you see a place, not necessarily where you go, but it's how you see the place. It is. And I I like that the, uh, you know, Laguna Madre isn't, you know, a name that pops up when you think of amazing underwater diving destinations of where should I go next. But you're able to make a really great film, uh, an intelligent film, an impactful film of a very simple place. And that's what I really like about this protected waters project yeah. i can't wait to see what's next from you guys because it's yes. it's gonna show <laughs> us so many more cool places that people wouldn't normally would never even think twice about yeah no and that's the cool thing about this as a concept is that it's kind of endless um there are so many protected areas not just in the u.s but all over the world i mean we're just targeting the ones in the u.s because we're here and we can drive to most of them right. which if you see how much gear we bring with us you'd see why we drive <laughs> I'm, I'm a recent um I've, I've had a recent introduction into photography uh, and uh, I'm learning very quickly that it's really yes, fun. it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of gear. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a money pit, too. I'm it, sorry. It, it never <laughs> ends. Yes. Yeah. Just that's what we were joking about. You know, diving in general mm. is a money pit of yeah. many ways. And the, the more and more you get into it, you realize you're never even close. No, you will never finish. And then when say, you think, how many times have we heard that? And then I've when got you think everything. You've got I'm it good. all. Yeah. No. You get a you get a buddy like <laughs> yes. you know, this you know, introduces like, sure you introduces sure you, you to do. photography. I got a great idea. <laughs> this is what I you got need. a great idea. <laughs> it's always a need too. Yes, you, you need this. I need this new housing. <laughs> I need a new camera. <laughs> sure. But I I did like that too because I was going to bring it up if you didn't about the exploration because especially back here where we live, you know, I dive locally because I had four kids. And sure. I couldn't go down to Grand Cayman or any place like that for that matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So when I would dive, I would dive here. And it's great to see some uh, spotlight put on local diving areas that aren't necessarily these beautiful, color, colorful uh, coral reefs and whatnot and all yeah. the fish. Um, so y- you did say you're a fellow of the Explorers Club. Mm-hmm. And tell us about that. How did you guys do that? What, I mean, tell our listeners sure. what's involved. So the Explorers Club, in case anybody doesn't know about it, it's... Um, the oldest exploration organization officially um, that started in 1904. Um, They were behind the times for quite a while and didn't allow females in their club until the 80s. Yes. And actually, Dr. Sylvia Earle was one of their first inductees as a woman. And I think they were like, she's got to be in the cool kids club, so we need to change our rules. (laughs) Which, I mean, ridiculous that it took them that long. But that being said, uh, it is a really cool group of people. Um, They have members and fellows. Fellows just means that you publish more like that's that's sort of the only distinction difference um but uh it's it's this you know united nations of exploration and uh it's it's a really cool forum for people who like to do impactful travel to really see new places or just explore old places in new ways um and they have a really cool set of grants that are available for young explorers they do some great speaker series they're um content for world oceans week is some of my favorite it's always great they have an entire five solid days of talks at the club in new york and it's great it's just an amazing networking opportunity and it's so good to connect with other people that are on the same page as you so yeah it's fun it's a cool organization to check out it's fun yeah and your <laughs> your mission you know uh, with, with what you're doing yeah. uh being to uh protect these marine habitats right yeah. through through your work it mm-hmm. opens up a great avenue for you right yeah, it's a good fit for sure. And um, that, like I said earlier when I was talking before the film, 
I think it's really fun to go look at places that aren't what you would expect from an Explorers Club expedition. Like when you go somewhere like that, everyone's gone to, you know, like Machu Picchu and Antarctica and Galapagos and like somewhere in the jungle. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. It's like Indiana Jones. But um, that's not the the meat of exploration at the end of it. It's, right. it's everywhere. And, and it's how we choose to do our work. So. Because there could be, a, you know, a wonderful presentation on something as simple as, you know, right out here in the Thunder yeah, Bay River. Definitely. You know, if you really take the time to, to look closely, yeah. there's amazing exploration right there. For sure. And I mean, like, I know when I was talking to Stephanie earlier, um, that sinkhole spot that's got all the cyanobacterial mats. I mean, cyanobacteria as a group of creatures are so fascinating. I mean, to go back to the connection with Yellowstone, um, in all of those hydrothermal vents, there are all these extremophile bacteria and cyanobacteria that exist nowhere else on Earth. And so it's a bioprospecting opportunity because, I mean, we don't know what these things can do and what they can mean for us. And, I mean, they've led us to discover so many interesting things in medical fields, and there's just no end to that. You know, there are probably millions of undescribed species out there just in microbes alone. Right. And it's in our backyard. And, and everybody and comes up knows. here and they want to go dive mm-hmm. on the Grecian, right? right. They want to go dive right. on the Windy Eighth. Right. Nobody wants to That's go cool. to a hole. <laughs> I want to go to a hole. <laughs> right? I want to go to the hole now, too. Right, right. I, I, I love that because... Uh, Mm-hmm. Most people that are getting into it, they get the camera, they get the yeah. video camera, yeah. they get the microphone. It's, yeah. They want to go do the big spots, mm-hmm. the Galapagos, mm-hmm. the Antarcticas, the, yeah. the amazing things. Yeah. Very rarely is somebody going to say, I'm just going to do this little creek. Right. <laughs> uh, but in reality, there's a, a wild, diverse ecosystem yeah. right there. Definitely. And the more people's eyes are on these places, uh, the less chance of it getting wrecked, too. You know, like if everyone's paying attention bad things aren't going to happen so yeah because what we have been seeing this weekend at the the film festival up here in alpina mm-hmm. is that when mankind gets a chance to exploit something yeah. it's it it's hard it's hard time. to put up a roadblock in front of them right yeah yeah it is yeah. which is you know why if you can put protections in place before that happens yeah. you know that's ideal and uh, the more people we have out there with eyes on all these locations the better um, I've got a question for you about um, relationships. Sure. Um, <laughs> are you married? No. You're not. Well. Ah. Well. It's a trick question. It's a trick, it's, question. It's a trick question. See, I spell it differently. I'm not just, I'm not just flirting with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, along with thousands of other people, are married to the ocean. Ah, uh, yes. And you too can do this. <laughs> um, let me get the announcer voice on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yes, you, you have a, an organization, Blue Ring. I do. Right, right there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um So, yeah, I started Blue Ring in 2017. Um, I spend a lot of time because I, so I work for a magazine called Ocean Geographic. It's an ocean conservation publication based out of Australia. I'm their science editor, so I write articles and do underwater photography. And I spend a lot of time writing about science topics because that's where my background is. And it had become very apparent to me that we don't do a good enough job at uh, science communication, and uh, especially in fun ways, and particularly when we're talking about heavy topics like ocean pollution, um, climate change, you know, acidification of our waters, coral bleaching. Like these are all really big 
really unpleasant topics to tackle, and it tends to polarize people. And they're just kind of like, I can't help. Uh, there's nothing I do that actually impacts that, so I don't know why you're talking to me about it. And Right. Or they're yeah. one so one side or yes. another based off of cultural views or political Definitely. views. Definitely. It's very polarizing yeah. to talk about these topics, and it shouldn't be. Like, conservation should be the least polarizing topic out there. It is like the one thing that everyone should be able to agree on, because we all live here <laughs> and we all need to keep using the planet to live on together and we need to do it in a sustainable way. So, like, you know, it, it shouldn't even be contentious ever. But my point being, um, I wanted to find a way to make ocean conservation fun and accessible and affordable for anybody who wanted to be part of it. And I thought, what better way to do that by having some fun way to make a commitment to your waterways. So Blue Ring started as a $25 annual membership and you could hashtag marry the ocean. And uh, every year I donate 71% of my proceeds to a different ocean conservation nonprofit. Oh, 71 wonderful. because, you know, 71% of our planet is, is water. water. So, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And now I've got a whole sustainable product line and I've got pendants and pins and all Super. kinds of stuff. So, you know, whether it's 25 bucks a year or Christmas gifts for people, you yes. know, you, you know that the majority of your money is going to uh, help the waters that we all love. Okay, and we can all get married again. Sure can. And the oceans, you know, Thank very, you. very fluid. Um, <laughs> you know, the original gender fluid option. <laughs> so any of us can marry anyway. I love it. <laughs> Way to attack that. I. Uh, so I was going to just ask you one, one quick question too. Sure. Is this your first year here? At this is the, my uh, first Thunder year Bay here. Film yes. Um, okay. Our first film, the um, Yellowstone one, was in the film festival virtually. Oh, uh, la okay. Last year, right. or the year before, yes, I forget. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is my first time actually here. Do you? It's fun. I know you probably haven't seen all of the films up to this point. Do you have one that really stands out besides your own, which is awesome? Uh, <laughs> do you have one that you really enjoyed? There have been two that have stood out to me for, for different reasons. Um, so there was actually the, the feature one last night, the Erie situation. Boy, that was really, I mean, it was heavy, yeah, but was done heavy, so yeah. well. Right. And it's one of the, it's, you know, it's a cautionary tale because it's not like it's not happening in all of our other lakes, just not to that extent yet. So, and around the world. Around the world, everywhere. Seeing, yeah. And I mean, there are some serious health impacts to it, but it was approached in such a, a human way, you know, like it, it just, it, it wasn't, let's just talk about the science. Like it, it was a really great combination of all the different aspects of yeah, the good, problem. Yeah, it was a good human impact I loved it. story. Yeah. The science is mind blowing. I, I thought it was, it was really too. enjoyable. Um, and then, well, of course, there was Soul of the Ocean, which is just ridiculously gorgeous imagery by Howard and Michelle Hall. They're just like... Yeah, we you know, were we the were OGs in the other of ocean filming. <laughs> yeah, we were in the other theater for that one, watching oh, the uh, the Bango It's on Surf PBS Girls, Nature so. too, so I mean, okay, I great. think you can view it there, and um, that's pretty awesome. But then I just got out of watching uh, the Dark Hobby, which is the one about the aquarium trade, and I have seen it before. Um, it's an interesting one, and I, I hope I'm not unpopular in this, but. Um, it's one of those films that focuses very particularly on one piece of one part of the problem and chooses a side. Right. And we're allowed to do that, but that's called an opinion, <laughs> not journalism. Right, right. Um, and I'm, I'm not mad that it's out there. There are definitely issues. But as someone who worked at Shedd Aquarium, has spent a humongous part of my life in the aquarium trade and knowing people who raise fish in captivity, it's not... That's not the whole All picture. like it. You yeah. know, gotcha, um, yes. there, there's a lot of good that comes from it. And there are many, many scenarios where hobbyists are the only people keeping some of these species alive in captivity that now have no type populations left in the wild. 
because right. of degradation that's happened. Right. And, and you see, you know, it's it's complicated. Like everything, right. it's more that's, complicated. You, there's than the polarizing part right Always. there, right? Yeah. 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 And I just tend not to appreciate journalism that intentionally polarizes topics, which seems so, to be. Uh, um, I mean, it gets views thing now. and yeah. it drums up emotions. Mm-hmm. And you know, if that's your goal, then well done. But <laughs> if you actually wanted to solve something and have a conversation, there are not better well ways. Done. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, it's. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of things out there like this, but it's it's good that they're all out there because hopefully it um, initiates talks. Exactly. Good, good. This is your first time to Alpena. Yeah. The sunrise coast of of, of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. You got to come back in the summertime. (laughs) I'm planning to. Yeah, this is the, the the. the doldrums of winter and you're having it's a okay, wonderful just, <laughs> just think, you know, it's not the big city world of chicago it's great it's though. a small little quaint little town but it, it's a, it's a great little community up here right yeah i love it it was, it was really cool and it's it's actually not that bad of a drive from chicago wasn't too bad and I've, i learned that there is a lighthouse tour that happens in august which sounds really nice. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll come back, play with lighthouses and go diving. And not to mention the diving. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, that diving. Good, good. I'll come back for that. Got to see that sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> Rex, psh, sinkholes Rex, all day. Rex, yeah, Just the kidding. sinkhole. <laughs> That's something we got to do, too. So. It sounds cool. Yes. We'll get up there with stuff. I mean, I want to see purple cyanobacteria mats. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one other thing, too, which kind of crossed my mind, and I know that's probably not on James's list of questions. No, no, um, no young people that want to do what you're doing, what would you say? Start doing this. Start looking into what? What well, would you tell them? It's one of the best times probably that's ever existed in history to just start doing things because we've got these amazing things called smartphones um, at most of our fingertips. And they are so dang good at taking video now and better every time a new version comes out. Um It's made filmmaking, photography, everything accessible to anyone who has a smartphone in their hands. And that's an awesome thing. Um, I I mean, I think, as always, the more perspectives out there, the better. I mean, we need to all be telling stories because how we see things, how we share what we see can speak to many different people in a lot of different ways. So the more perspectives we have out there, the better. Um, So use what you have if you've got an old phone use that if you've got a new phone use that if you've got an old sony cool pix camera use that it doesn't matter like there's there's a way to do almost anything nowadays and there are video editing programs for your phone just start telling stories yeah if you're That's passionate it. about something yeah you've you've got the camera yeah dig in do the, the research you should start just thinking and yeah. writing and, and yeah. communicating and, and tell, yeah. tell your version of the story yeah right? if you right. care you should share yeah, I love it. I love it. Good. I like that little. If you care, you should share. I'm going to borrow that. Um, yes, please do. Thanks. Uh, any photography questions? Yeah, what was the aperture on? <laughs> Unfortunately, I probably remember. Now, you have, you have a, a nice range of photos Thanks. in your gallery. Oh, thank you. Okay. I try to do a little really bit of everything. Cool stuff, you know, Good. Some good close-ups, wide-angle close-ups. I love all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite style of photography? That That is so tough. Because so one of my uh, random human gifts is that I have a really good set of eyeballs for looking at stuff very close up. I am a really good spotter. I don't know why. It's just 
a thing I'm good at. I think it started looking at bugs as a kid, and that translated into underwater macro. And okay, if it's there, I'll find it. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so I do love doing macro just because, like, the search is so much part of the fun for me. Like, I just love swimming around underwater with something in mind, and like, I'm going to find it. And I do, and it's so much fun. And you go in with the goal of looking for yeah. something specific? Yeah, usually. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, sometimes it's nice to just go in and look for anything, but it is particularly fun to like challenge yourself. And, and rewarding. Yeah, it's so to, fun to when get, you find it. To have an idea of what you want, yes. to get in the water, yeah. and then come away with the shot in the end. Definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really, I just love macro. And, um, and any of these sort of small world things where it's not something that most people get to see, and it's just a totally new perspective on the stuff that's out there so i mean you might see a little glass shrimp over and over and over again and you're like oh it's another glass shrimp but like if you choose to instead focus in on well maybe it's got eggs maybe you can see the eyeballs in the eggs what is it doing you know like or playing with look the, at its the, the eyes color around oh, it's it right? amazing you can do so much and sometimes it's fun to just spend a bunch of time with one subject and just photograph yes, it a bunch of different got ways some, some some oh, beautiful my barnacle col- blennies. Yes, some beautiful color them. there. <laughs> and that's a teeny fish. That's like a two-inch fish in a, in a barnacle. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're really fun. So, I mean, I love macro, but then on the other hand, I just love photographing the big stuff. I mean, sharks, whales, crocodiles, whatever you got. So Yeah, like like this yeah. ma- you know, magical Silky silhouetted sharks. show. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do kind of have a thing for predatory animals in particular just because they get such a bad rap. Um, sharks are just like, yes. you know, they're billed as these fearsome man-eaters. And I try to tell people if sharks wanted to eat us, a heck of a lot more of us would be eaten. That's right. for sure. They're not after us. Like, no, no. It, it, most people they, they see get a shark people accidentally they get so, once in a while, but like, right. it's it is an accident. They're they're and testing most us. Most of out. the sharks out there, even the, the more aggressive ones, they're six to eight feet long. They're not looking to eat a, a no. six foot human size. They're no, and a, I mean right, even yeah, yeah. even great whites. I mean, like if you're looking at a, a you know seventeen foot great white in Australia, like they're still not looking to eat people. It's just if you go into their home at the time of day that they're eating, looking like their food and acting like their food, you shouldn't be horribly shocked if you get tasted. Right. Or if you dress like their food, too, with well, a black and, wetsuit and, and, exactly. and you look like a I mean, seal when, with when fins. Because, you, yeah. you know, they're silhouette hunters. Yes, they hunt from exactly. So at dawn and dusk, when you look up and see what a human looks like on a surfboard, you look like a seal or right. a sea lion. So, I mean, they don't go around eating people. It's just sometimes it's a mistaken identity case. And then, you know, oh, sharks are the bad guys. It's like, no, they're apex predators and they're really critical parts of their ocean ecosystem. So we just need to respect them. That's all. It's their home. And now another predator that gets, you know, uh, people spooked is certainly the uh, the the crocodiles, crocodiles, right? Yeah. And you've got just a a killer, killer (laughs) shot. Oh, thank you. Thank you. In your gallery on your website. (laughs) Well, thanks. Yeah, that one was from Cuba. Um, that's an American crocodile in the mangroves in Cuba. Um, I wouldn't hop in the water with any crocodile anywhere. Like, you wouldn't find me doing that in Australia or, heck, even in the Everglades. Um, it, just because it's not an animal you know. In this area, um, it's really uh, kind of saturated with divers, and they're very used to people being around, and I think they used to feed them. So, like, the crocs know that people are not going to cause them problems so they're really tolerant of them in the water and the thing about essentially any animal is just if you pay attention to their behavior you know when to leave them alone right i mean it's the same with dogs i mean 
if, if you've got an animal that looks angry, you probably shouldn't go stick your hand in its face. Right. Like, Absolutely. use a touch of common little, sense, little, right, little, you know? <laughs> and there's a lot to be said for, you know, taking the time to yeah. educate yourself Definitely. before you just go Don't just somewhere. hop in with anything. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just a right, right place, right time kind of scenario. That was my third time in Cuba, and I'd done many snorkels in that location and just had never had the right conditions. And yeah. it just worked out. So... Uh, yeah. Definitely something to be said for having the patience. You have to be uh, patient with each other. If you're going to take pictures, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Don't force it. <laughs> Groovy, very nice. Well, we've got to keep these kind of short. Yeah. Okay. Know, because oh, we have several. No, no, no. We <laughs> could talk to you a whole lot longer. I have no idea. But we are oh, we at. Killed a half an hour like there was nothing. I was going to exactly. say probably way too long. <laughs> well, no. you've got a fantastic personality and it's yes. super well, easy to talk to. So it's, it's fun. So Good. But yeah. This is great. And you well, have a lot to you. offer us. So, yeah. No, so, thank thanks, you for joining you. us. Yeah, thank you. And I can't wait to see the next Protected Waters. Yes. Hopefully, the film festival next year. Very good. <laughs> All Super. Right. Thank you very much, Alex. Wonderful. Brando, we also got to spend some time talking with Jeff Gray, superintendent over there at the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary. Yes, we did. Little bit of a you know local legend, local hero up there in the old Alpena area. You might see him paddle boarding around good old Thunder Bay uh, any one of the twelve months of the year with his cape on, <laughs> with his uh, Noah cape, his Noah cape, and his uh, Shinola dive watch. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, uh, Jeff. Uh, I mean, I've known about Jeff from his diving. He's into diving, which is nice. You know, have somebody run in the museum that's actually into diving. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just a, an overall uh, lover of the year, area, a Michigan boy, you know, who uh, moved up to northern Michigan, you know, now, and he's been up there for decades running the running the show up there. So it was great to get some time to sit down and chat with him about his life, about his love of the area, and also, you know, definitely about the film festival in general. Yeah, great, uh, a great viewpoint from him on uh, how things are run and done up there. And the impact he's made in that area has been fantastic. I mean, no, the NOAA Museum up there is a big deal in Alpena. Yes, it's one of the things that really t- turned that whole area around from uh, just a forgotten little town to, you know, after that museum came in. And, and now, you know, the, the, the downtown area of uh alpina you know proper i mean it's a beautiful area with a thriving art scene and you know food cocktails breweries i mean i mean a lot of stuff's coming in and really uh bringing that town back to back to the world yeah in a great way too it's uh, yeah you know going from what it once was at its industrial and still kind of is uh you know uh you know i mean it's still a working class quarry digging kind of a town you know and uh <laughs> but it's still a and it's got a beautiful bustling little downtown too yeah hey yo check out old jeff gray I love uh, it. we're here I with love jeff it. gray officially is the title superintendent superintendent of the thunder bay national marine sanctuary yeah awesome yeah, fic What's that? HMFIC, as uh, I like to say in my house. Headman in charge. Uh, headman. I'm, I'm doing headman. It's making it PG. There's, there's kids PG, walking yeah, around. Yeah, that's true. Balance you know, so. uh, we got to keep it. Uh, true fact. Awesome team. Not in charge. We had an awesome team here. You guys know that. You can see it. Uh, Stephanie, 
Yes. John. Dude, the, the, the people here at the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary, I mean, the greatest group of people. Yeah. We've had so much fun over yeah. the last number yeah. of years. Yeah, yeah. every it's, year it's we come. It's always so great to come up here. Passionate people, dedicated to their job. And it's not, you know, I use the word we a lot, and I don't mean our team. I mean this community, our volunteers, our supporters, our partners, people like you guys coming here to help us. It's, it's you know, there's a small group of people that work here, but there's a lot of hands that have made this, this thing happen. So we're, it's awesome. And, and not only, like, doing their jobs but like beyond their jobs yeah. like like yeah. like stephanie and i this is not and, her job brand like, film festival is not it, in her it's job above though. and beyond and right. like yeah. the ice yeah. diving stuff that we've done it's just yeah. it's it's above yeah. and beyond it's just yeah. the, the love for the area yeah. Yeah. the love for the water the yeah. love for the community the love for the people yeah it, it, it's so great to well, have we people were, that share we were, that and i think we were talking last night about how northeast michigan people just don't know about it Right, like that. You know, oh, hidden gem. That, yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. it's everybody's going to the west side or up to the UP. Pat, Pat I keep telling. I keep the sunrise telling side is where it's at. The sunrise. I keep telling Stephanie, you guys need to copyright the Forgotten Coast. Yeah, like as, yeah. as far as marketing of Alpena yeah. area, the Thunder Bay area goes. Yeah, it is a forgotten coast. Yeah. you know, and luckily over the last ten years, I mean, it's it's had a. Wonderful resurgence because yep. I remember 15, 20 years ago, we were it was, about it was yeah. in its doldrums. Yeah. It was yeah. in its worst of its worst. But today, I mean, the downtown area in Alpena ah. is beautiful. The shops are all over the main the main roads, bars, the, the bars, the restaurants, art scenes, the you know, art scene, the, yeah. the, the, the artist lofts. It's yeah. fantastic. I mean, it, it's and it's still though true to its roots. Still, hardworking people here. The, the quarry and the, the shipping in and out of here, it, you know, it, it's still Alpena, but we have these other amenities to it as well. So that's, good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. You are originally from where? I grew up down in uh, Detroit area. Oh, Livonia really? Westland okay, area. Yeah, I grew up home. down there. And, uh, Plymouth Canton and Farmington Hills. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, all all right. we're all, yeah, what high school? What high school? <laughs> Redford Union. Oh, Redford Union. 83. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, what year? 83. 83. Okay, oh, yeah. Man. I was Divine Child. Okay. Uh, 90. Very nice. 90, yeah, yeah. And I, I grew was up right next to Franklin. Man. So you and I was uh, Stevenson, Livonia right? Stevenson, Stevenson yeah. in 93. Okay. So we're all uh, uh, right in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And then here we are, right behind all Wonderland up Mall. The old <laughs> right Wonderland Mall. Right behind Wonderland Mall. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's still, right. I don't know yeah. if you've been down state lately. It's still, still we there. Used to, uh, we used to ride our bikes to Wonderland yeah. Mall. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of course, I when they enclosed it. Before, that was before but when it was all it, open. Yeah, they had like those. zoo animals in there. They used to have zoo animals. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But going downtown, Detroit now is so awesome. Oh yeah, I mean it's just so cool. Yeah, they've done a lot there as well. It's all amazing. Now, where, it's good. Where do you live? I'm in Plymouth, Kent. Plymouth. So, oh, you're yeah. there now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was, well, I was in the military, left, came back, and uh, back in Plymouth, married, and awesome. you know, the whole gambit. But we're not. Where are we recording? We're recording. It's but recording. But don't, okay, I didn't know yeah, if we were not. Because I was like, we, we, we yeah, just yeah, wanted to yeah, make no, sure that if, if we, we had something. a gem, yeah, we got a gem. Yeah, we got a gem. And I'd love to do it sometime. For real? Yes, we should. You guys, we appreciate everything you do for us. I mean, all this helps. We. You know, we were talking with the Grand Valley students today, like, so much of this is funded through this, our nonprofit, through what we generate in the store and all, all that, but we, we don't have a marketing budget, we don't, you know, we, we don't do this, so when we get out the word out to you guys, people right. start to find out about us, and the films, uh, anytime there's a film about us and it airs nationally or throughout the state, that's like, that's people figure it out, it's the cruise ships coming now, 
It'd be right. awesome yeah, if you guys Viking, came up sometime. No, we met the Viking guys. Okay, uh, good. Fantastic. Uh, good, yeah. Well, we were up here, so back in April, I ran a... Cleanup. Underwater cleanup right, with, right, with right, Meg yeah, from yeah, uh, Great Lakes Great Responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I told her I wanted to do one. We did it on Earth Day. We did. It, I would said I, I want to do it up at the National Marine Sanctuary yeah. somewhere you guys else there. Rockport, right? Um, yes. We well among other places, but yeah. yeah. The first one we did over at. Um, Which key was? No, the park there on the water. No, we did it right at. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the the beach right now. It's uh it's right, you know where um. Uh, uh, no, no, the hippie, little, uh, hippies. Um, yeah, yeah, Bayview Happy and hippie. like uh, Michigan West Park, right there, right, right down, right by the courtyard and all that, right down there. Yeah. Is what what is it, hippie, uh, hippie, da- hippie? J- Why can't I think of his name right now? Too many of these Austin Brother Forty Five. Oh my gosh! Um, brought to you by Austin. Brought to you by Austin Brothers. <laughs> the Happy Hippie. The Happy Hippie. The Hungry Hippie. Thank you. Hungry Happy. That that park right yes. across from the yep. Hungry Hippie by the Mexican restaurant yep. Yep. In, in town right there. Yep. Yeah. So we were at that awesome park spot. right there, right out in front of the Shamrock. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to the. Let's bring it back to the shipwrecks. Yes, is the shipwreck of the Shamrock right there. Yeah. Right. So we did it at that park right there. We did the the cleanup. In yeah. uh, in the spring, well, and that's that's one of the things like some of these programs that we're we're trying to do, where we're getting kids out doing either invasive species removing, cleanup, um, all different types of stuff to get kids out, not just teach them about it, but they're doing like proactive uh, stewardship type stuff in their own backyard. And you know, the films we saw tonight I thought was wild, like two really cool kayaking films. One, 15 minutes away from us that, like, when I, I could hear people, they'd never seen, you could hear the ooing and on when they saw that sinkhole. Yeah. Right? How deep is that sinkhole? Um, I think that, I'm not sure Do how deep know? that one is, um, but but there's there's a whole series of them, right? So there's some on land in Rockport State Park, then that's the right. first one that hits the water, then there's some, there's a nice, there's a, a deeper one right off Middle Island. And then when we go way offshore, there's some a couple hundred feet of water. So they keep going on do lake. We, do you, you do we know if they're connected? Yeah. Like, they are. They is are the connected. Waterway is, they are connected to the ground water. It's not big enough to swim through, but it, no, it's No, no, but the water like, is moving through there, and it, it's really created a very unique uh, ecosystem down there. And, and we premiered a film on that. I don't know if you saw that one this morning. If not, we get you a copy of it. It's a, a, a trailer for a film that's coming out that's all about the science that we've been going on for probably about 15 years we've been studying that really interesting water uh, that's moving through that oh, system. It's amazing, yeah. man. It's amazing. But, I mean, like, super cool science, but visually stunning, right? Like, yeah, a cool yeah. place to go look at. So, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, so we're like 15 minutes from here, and then we go all the way to Antarctica, right? <laughs> and see, right. another awesome kayaking yeah. thing. It's, it's like, cr- you can do it here. You can the crazy thing is... Go across uh, the world and do it. So earlier this year, when they found the, in, the, the wreck of the Endurance... Yeah, so cool. I, yeah. The weirdest thing is I just started, I, I was looking for something new to listen to and do, and I started listening to Shackleton's, oh. you know, his, book. His, yeah. his book, and yeah. I, I mean, the next week, I'm in like chapter three, and then and all of a sudden, bam, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, we found the endurance, I'm like, yeah. what, this, yeah. is not, this yeah. is not possible. Yeah, no, so cool, so cool, and you know, connecting all this to what we talked about is that those cruise ships we were just talking about, the Viking cruise ships that come in here. When they're not here, they're down in Antarctica, you know. So they're coming yeah, to Great Lakes yeah, yeah. for here, and so it's so many. Can, and you think how small of a world it is, and and how th- this festival um, really tries to connect it. And I, 
it's an overused cliche, but you know, the think globally, act locally is, is so true. What we do here impacts the rest of the world. And, yeah, yeah, and you know, and like, what can we do to make a difference in our everyday life? We'll not only make our backyard a better place, but also make the world a better place. And if it means something to you, and, right. and, and yeah. it hits you in the heart, yeah. and, and you're passionate about yeah. it, you, yeah. it can't help but to become contagious yeah. to people, I think. And I think you just nailed it there. Like, that's the power of films. Mm-hmm. Like, you you get these people that spend unbelievable time to make these films, and they make those connections to people yeah. that you wouldn't understand. I, I, we had a film about Lake Erie and the challenges of Lake Erie last night, and uh, the, David Ruck, the, the guy that yeah. made that film, awesome job, just yeah. an awesome Fantastic. film. But the number of people I talked to, I was like, I had no idea that's going on. And, like, right, and, and it's right. just like... By them spending that 70 minutes in there, like it changed their frame of reference of what they're doing. And, well, I'm yeah. questioning every decision I make in life, yeah. like, yeah. like based yeah. off of yeah. watching that, that film. Yeah. Well, we were just yeah. we just talked uh, to David a little while ago. Yeah, it's, no. it's, it's unbelievable. It's cool, and I I, I love the festival because it's this mix of inspiration of go visiting a cool place, like the kayaking story we just saw in Antarctica, to like some sad and depressing stuff of like. If oh, we don't make man. some changes, something's going right. to go to some funny things. To you know, I mean, it really is the full, the full emotion and uh, and cool and just the interaction with people. Like I think what I we do these, you know, we did this virtually for the last couple of years, which was great. I mean, it was a good thing we that we had to do through the pandemic. But like the meeting with people after and having the discussions and like if you agree with the film or if you disagree with the film, I mean, it, it just takes it to the next level. You know, and yeah. right. and we're having a great time. At least you're aware, and, and you're having a great time. <laughs> yeah. You got yes. the the kids from the uh, Grand Valley, Valley. State yep. up here, right? Yep. And so Young one kid. of them interviewed us. Oh, awesome! You know, and she was asking, you know, like, you know about like what what we thought, you know, yeah. and, and it was that very thing is the importance yeah. of, of that whole community. You know, yeah, yeah, it's cool stuff. And I was going to say, it's just the, the great theme of passion for the uh, environment, for the water. It's awesome. And yeah. as our listeners know, they all love the water. They love diving. Yeah. They should be here. Yeah. Is where they and, be. and, you know, that's one of the things I, I'm proud of what our team has done here is that mm-hmm. we have these world-class shipwrecks, right? These shipwrecks are phenomenal. The, like the film we saw the of Becky, yeah. the Great Lakes Now film, oh, yeah, Becky's, yeah. the images that the she's Detroit, doing just south beautiful. of here and mm-hmm. down in Port- uh, in the thumb area, stunning. I mean, she's one of the best photographers in the world. And Unbelievable, like, yeah. These shipwrecks are crazy, and, and like, but we can use those shipwrecks to capture people's attention and then introduce them to some of the other issues the Great Lakes are right. facing. That it's protecting those shipwrecks is important enough, and that's what really, but like, we can also then take it to the next level and like, well, how do we protect the water that, that the wrecks yeah, are sitting I, in? I, I mean, the. the, the, the no. be- like Brandon and I both know, like we we dove back in the, the early nineties. Yes, yep. when diving six feet of right. visibility, six feet ten of feet of visibility. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And, and now there's a hundred feet of yeah. visibility. So the, the the photos that Becky's taken that, yeah. that are yeah. world class, yeah. so they're, they're yeah. in the, you know all over the world are drawing attention. Yeah because of those amazing shipwrecks, yeah. but it opens up the dis- discussion of something like that eerie situation show yeah. from yeah. last night that no one would ever even give the time a day of to even yeah. pay attention to if they weren't drawn in by something. Yeah, like- you know, and um, 
that shifting baseline of that changing visibility and like it seems like it's mm -hmm. a great thing but it's because the muscles right yeah. and like and, and right. what's going on there right. and like in our lifetime we're older guys but we're not we're not that old right it went from if you had if you had 30 feet of visibility i i it started was a good day. yeah i started diving <laughs> in 92 and it was like you're like i can't can't believe it well, and, yeah, and now yeah. if you get 30 feet of visibility you're like oh, what What's well, there was on? a time like uh, we like we were having this discussion earlier. Like there was a time where you'd be in a hundred feet of water, and, like you're on, Dark. and it was a night dive. Dark. Dunderberg, it was a night dive versus yeah. the Dunderberg yeah. ten years. Nowadays, yeah. you can be up here in Presqu'Isle in two hundred feet of water, and you Ambient can light. damn near see the surface. Yeah. you know, yeah. it's a it's amazing. Well, yeah, I think she said that in her dive. She's going down, and she could see the whole wreck. Yeah, when she was fifty feet Popping down or something. Yes. You know, it's a two hundred foot deep wreck. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Cool. That's great. That's what it's all about here, right? Bringing up awareness. And I got one for you, though. I got a question sure. for you. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. So you're, you're thinking. You're it's thinking. On, I can see that. I can see that ten. face. Oh. No, no, no. It's, it's What's on. my favorite Austin Brothers <laughs> beer? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> no, the next beer, one, right? Is that, one one you mean? <laughs> that is always the answer. No, it's on your right wrist. Yes. Yes. Thank you for noticing. It's very few, it's the nicest thing I own. It's very few people <laughs> in 2023. Wearing yes. a watch. Men nowadays don't generally have wristwatches. Yes. But there was a time if you were a diver. Yeah. Like uh, there was a way you told the world you were a diver. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, yeah. your, you know, Diving T-shirt from the Cayman Islands. It could have Islands. been your jacket. It with wasn't your, uh, necessarily, you know, like just like strutting your advance <laughs> yes. of a water cart at the. It's not at, a Rolex. I'm going to tell everybody, listen, I'm not wearing a Rolex right now. It's no, but I'm wearing something better than a Rolex. I'm wearing a Shinola dive watch. I'm wearing the Lake Huron Monster. Oh, nice. Dude, yeah, yeah, that's but the it's Lake a Huron classic yeah. dive watch. Yes, it's no, and it's, uh, you know, I like I said from the Detroit area. I love love the city. Loves South. I'm glad I live in Northeast Michigan, but I love Southeast Michigan and the city and the, the stuff going on there in Shinola. I think it just represents everything cool going on in Detroit right now. And uh, when, when they first came out with their first dive watch, which was that Lake Erie Monster, which was a limited edition, I'm like, oh, I got to have that. And I was like, I wasn't in the spot to, to drop the money for that. And it's gone. And then it's when they came out the Lake Huron one, I'm like, I love it. I'm, I'm, and I, I got it. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's actually, so actually it was a gift. Oh, it was a gift it? for me. Very yep. Nice. Yep. I got my kids got it for me. Uh, and I, I love it. I also, my sports watches is a, one of those big, uh, uh, uh Garmin dive watch. I got the Garmin oh, dive watch, it? which I love too. Yeah. So this is my fancy going out watch. So yeah. Well, yeah. The, it's, it's the, it's got the, that sunrise side. It's got the uh, sunrise it's the or, side. Yeah. It's the orange face, like the, the orange, we, we, the old school Doxa. Yep. A Doxa watch face, yep, yep. you know, but it's, it's actually got the, I use the bezel because yeah. my guy today I use the bezel. They said, yeah, the last film I had to go speak every film. They go, there's 20, there's 20 minutes to the next film, so I used the bezel, so I knew when I had to be ready with the microphone. So yeah, hell yeah, still hell yeah, it's so cook good. with bezels all the time. It still works. Yeah, right. it's, it's the best. No more Alexa set timer for 20 minutes. You use the bezel, right? Right, yeah. right. We're going old We're school. Going, that's some good Shinola advertisement here. We should give them yeah. as a sponsor. Yeah, next shout year. out to Shinola. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all right. Available uh, at shinola.com. <laughs> you know, yeah. What do you got there? What's he's got? You know, classic, um, uh, this is um, it's a classic dive off. watch. It's it's a knockoff. But yeah. during the pandemic, I was stuck at home yep. with nothing to do. It was my birthday, 
and uh, I'm goofing around on Instagram. <laughs> and I, I, you turned I, turned thirty over there. I'm, I'm saving it. Years, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm Don't tell it's, it's been hard to be turned. It's hard to turn thirty. Shaved his gray. Hard, hard to turn thirty in the, uh, the pandemic. It's been tough. You know. Yeah, thirty. <laughs> thirty. <laughs> Well over a decade ago. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's Aquinas is the watch. Yep. You know, and um, I just started seeing some of their posts pop up, you know, and I was like, these are really good looking old school dive watches because with the technology of the iPhone coming out, like people have gotten so far away from wearing a dive watch. Yep. And then even before that, I mean, with dive computers, the computers most, people, so awesome most now. people weren't so awesome. wearing dive watches anymore. Yep. It was yeah. more, it be, more became more of like a piece of jewelry than yep. like an yep. actual tool. Yep. But you know, I've been in the game for thirty years now. Yep. You know, so for me, like a, a dive watch was like the quintessential thing, thing that you, you could have yeah. on yeah. on a daily for basis sure. that says. I pay attention. God yeah, damn yeah, it, yeah, I'm a yeah, scuba yeah, diver. Yeah, yeah. It's it just it's better than the, li- the dive flag <laughs> license plate, right? Yeah, right, it, if you know, that, you like, know, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah way better than that sticker in the back yeah. window of the car. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah, 30 years, right? I think sounds like we've all been diving you know, that long um, or longer. And uh, awesome. My kids are diving now. My, my son's, son's diving. It's so cool to, to do that and do that experience, That's you know. Fun, yeah. They played around with tanks when they were pretty young, or maybe pre-stuff. I don't know if we no, say, say that. that. Yeah, yeah, say yeah. We used to inflate the BC <laughs> up, and like I had a long, a long rag hose so they could tow it around, yeah. and you know, just only go four feet underwater and, and do that. But Campbell Certified just finished his um, rescue diver, and it's you know, it's, it's so cool to watch. Take you know, I mean, I think of the first time I took a breath underwater, like mm-hmm. the, in that pool, and you know, in this. Yeah class and you're like oh my gosh that sound for me it was the sound like that was the thing that like just hearing that's how sound was different in the pool and then taking new people down for the first time is just so cool and then when it's your kid and then doing a dive and stephanie's uh take my son out to do some diving here in the sanctuary and it's 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 so cool to take people and i you know i love snorkeling as i as much as I do yeah. diving, you know, and like we got some awesome, awesome shallow water wrecks. So you, you can take people out that have never been in the water and they're, you know, 15 feet of water, crystal clear water. You can go out when it's warm and just see these wrecks. And it's, it's so fun just to be out there and that's connect the, people. That's the beauty of it, you know. And, you know, I can feel your passion yeah. just talking yeah. to you. You yeah. know, I've got it. I know Brando's got it. And, you know, so many people put so much emphasis on having to do the big dive yes you know but yeah. we've been talking like all yeah. weekend like, like like i find just as much pleasure in being like like we're watching this video we're back this, you're this watching Becky's stuff today oh, like, yeah, oh you, my okay, god okay, here you go. it's, it's amazing it's, yeah. it's it's like the yeah. the glory yeah. dive it's yeah. a 200 yeah, foot glory dive yeah. right, right but like i'm also watching like the, this stuff that's in terrible visibility yeah. in a mangrove you're yeah. in like two feet of water and, and like we were having the discussion earlier like like i, I can find just as much pleasure yeah. and yep. excitement and wonder there yeah. like just being in the water and underwater and i know you're uh yeah like you've got the life kind of set <laughs> like like uh, here in the sanctuary yeah. like 
I, I, see I don't you, dive I see for work you, as much as I, I used to in the beginning. I was out there all the time. Now you're diving, you're snorkeling, you're paddleboarding, like you're in it. You're around it. Yeah, no, it's so cool. Such a great place to live. It's so easy for you to like take this area for granted. It is right. It's so true. Go to the show up to your office every day. Do your eight hours, go back home, but you don't. Yeah, like you're in the water, you're on the water, you're living the life. Is well, what I mean. And can, big kudos to that. I was going to say you can still explore your your, your backyard. Own backyard. And I think Alex Rose said that, and that we, was the, one of the biggest points. I hope people can take away is to be an explorer. You don't have to go to Antarctica. You don't exactly. have to go to South America wherever, you can go in your backyard and find wonders and, and something to share with the world that'll make a difference. Yeah, yeah she I, said... I'm going to say, I'm going to guess go that probably 70% of the people in that theater did not, have never seen that sinkhole that way. Oh, and those I islands did. and all there. It's 15 it. minutes it, away from here, right? Yeah. And I mean, because it's, you got to kind of snake your way around to find mm-hmm. it. But I mean, it, like... I heard it was protected private property that you couldn't right. get back. No, no, the there, 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 there's, there's access. The township has parked. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that, I mean, that's stunning. Hit, like, You're gonna have to get us out there. Let's go. This, uh, the summer for sure. Yeah. For sure. Not now. Summer. Not now. No, <laughs> yeah. We're waiting for the warm up. Well, <laughs> I skate out there. Yeah. What about a nice dive in the holes, man? You know, we're going to the Kuka. Have you ever dived to Kuka on the other side of the state? No. Stephanie's. We took Stephanie out there last year. There it is, right there. That's ice dive. On it's the it's okay. the, not that one. But um, it's a shipwreck in about 55 feet of water okay. over in Lake Charlevoix. Okay. So it would come in, and it was this old speakeasy oh, wow. that cool. they uh, put down in, like, Prohibition. They serve Austin anyway, Brothers on that thing? It, uh, they do. Uh, <laughs> um, actually. Actually, we had... I'm going to give you. I'm going to give a shout out to another brewery, uh, North Center Brewery, oh, yeah. who yeah. we had a, uh, a six-pack of shipwrecked IPA up there. Nice. But I'm in a good IPA after a dive. It's there always you go. A thing. After, after, right. Right. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh the Kuka is a unicorn. Yeah. is it of of, a, of an ice dive? Right? Okay, because uh, uh, for the most wow, that's part, amazing. For the most part, ice diving is the dumbest yeah. diving you will ever do. Yeah, right. However, I haven't done one for twenty some years. It's, it's the Kuka is something so unique because, I mean, it's a legit 200-foot-long shipwreck. Yeah. Nearly 200 feet. Uh, nearly a 40-foot beam on the thing. I mean, it, oh, it's... It. I like that shot. <laughs> that was how many years ago? That was, uh, that's that was here. Right up, that yeah. was right up there. That's right up there. Yeah. So it's in Lake? It's in... It's in Lake Charlevoix. Lake Charlevoix. So, so you get out to it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. For, for shelter, but... Um, beautiful. Kind of a cool wreck, and as far as an ice dive goes, I don't think you can. It'll be tough to top it in, in this area. I'll, I'll meet so. you guys. Uh, I'll have the IPAs ready for you guys. I'll meet there you. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. That, that yeah. that's it under the ice. You know? Okay. When did? But it's about. Are you doing three it this quarters year? of a mile out? Okay. So uh, we were hoping to. Yeah. Yes. So However, we ice, weird winter. Weird winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Last Monday, I got a, a text from a buddy up here. It was all open water. Yeah. Yeah. But we're snapping down. I don't know if it's going to be single digits, but if it's in the teens, we might still be able to do it. Yeah, it's there possible. It right it's there. possible. That's there it. it is. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> who, put the, who put this slideshow together? The timing's terrible. Well, Jeff. So where, where are you guys diving next? Where's your next dive? The Kuka, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, we're going down to North oh, Florida yeah, cave diving. Cave oh, yeah, okay. We're, uh, yeah, we're going to be down in uh, northern Florida awesome. early February. 
Awesome. Yeah. And then the kooka after that. Do you do a lot of cave diving? You still not enough. More. Not, not enough. enough. Not enough. You know, yeah. it's we're down there. You know, it once, was once maybe a year twice for the past a year, years. but it's yeah. ten years ago was a dozen times a winter kind really? of thing. Yeah. Oh I wow. Home away from home, but uh, don't get there enough as yeah. usual. Life, I'm, life doesn't I, wait. That's I know, the problem. I know. You, know? you got to go. I'm hoping to get down to the Keys again one more time this year. I was just down so. there a month ago. Okay. Teaching. Yeah. Where you te- Yeah, I was down there teaching uh, just off of uh, right during Hurricane Nicole. Yes. Okay. Where we had where, a, where, we had where a hurricane. Were you down there? I, was, I was right in Key Largo in okay. Isla Mirada, okay. and uh, yeah, that, that's hurricane where, that's where came rolling there. Yeah. in, trying yeah. to like shut us down. And I love the Keys because it's like if it's windy. I'm going kiteboarding. If it's not oh. windy, I'm going diving. Like Man, it's we, we, we ran perfect. into this kid it's who was windy, a kiteboarder <laughs> while we were down there. That was yep. just, he's got this uh, uh, great little Instagram page and he teaches kiteboarding. It was yeah. Yeah, there's amazing. A great, there's a great operation out of Almorada. They, they do, do great lessons and stuff out of there. That's really, really good. In yeah. that little quarry? Uh, they they own that they own yeah, that yeah, but, know, but they run, the that's further uh, south but yeah, they yep, um, yep. That, so that that's where they take people on their non windy days but they've got they run right out of a was it Snake Creek or something like that right at Almore out of there it's it's that shop you drive by that looks like a little pirate ship it's on when you're heading south it's on the right you you'll recognize it yeah hmm. um, I'll keep my eye out for it now great uh, cool. Well, thank you guys, well, hey, man. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, cheers, Let's do this cheers. again. Yeah. For sure. This and again. Uh, once again, a big thanks to you and the Sanctuary for putting on this awesome yeah. Thunder Bay International yeah. Film Festival. Well, and the community stepping up. We had, I think, almost uh, over $12,000 donated by local businesses to pull oh, this man. off. Yeah, and, you know, and That's great. 50 volunteers doing this. And so it's, it's, it is a community effort. We're, we're fortunate to... Have so many people support what we're doing. Perfect. So, yeah. And Including you two guys. So thanks you. Yeah. Oh, awesome. awesome. Right. Good, Good deal. Yep. Our pleasure. Brando, the the feature film of this year's festival, or last year's festival, was the eerie situation. Yeah. And uh we got to sit down with David Ruck and talk about his film. Boy, what a what an eye opener, like uh uh, a film this was i mean uh, talking about lake erie but boy did it just get so much more than some algae in in lake erie you know well yeah i mean uh, when you you look at what has happened over there and and it, i mean it's it's changing but um when it was going on the people are up against you know a huge <laughs> it's political it's uh ecological this huge disaster happening in the in lake erie you know thinking back on that interview um i remember david what david himself was surprised at the the complexity the level of i don't know you, you want to call politics and uh you know the ugliness of of what's going on in the world it's a microcosm of the macrocosm right there what's going on there in lake erie and and the um, runoff from all of the agricultural chemicals being poured into the land all ends up into Lake Erie, which causes huge problems with the ecology of that area. And, you know, when it really hit is it it affected the local homeowners that lived on the lake, the people that lived right there. 
Right, yeah, that used to go out in their boats and enjoy the water, and now they're, you know, going out on a, a stinking, bubbling, <laughs> you know, yeah. cauldron of, uh, you know, green slime. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it really became, uh, you know, a, a battle of, you know, just normal people against the, these huge corporate farms. And, uh, you know, they, they sit there and, and sell the idea that, you know, the farmers, the, you know, just this guy and and uh, overalls right in front of his, you know, big red barn. The farmer is. The, you know, the but th- this is not, farm. this is not yeah. the farmer that that is no, causing no, these no. problems. It, it's a, it's a way bigger, bigger it's money beast. beast. Yeah, yeah. This was a really interesting film. So uh, check out this interview, people, with David Ruck, also uh, a very experienced uh, NOAA diver, Great Lakes diver, and all over the world and stuff, too. So uh, it was good to sit down and chat with him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he used to work there at the NOAA. We are here with another filmmaker. Another uh, filmmaker. David Ruck. How David are you doing, Ruck. David? How you doing? It's great to be here. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, David, your f- feature film here today or for the, the, the eerie show. situation the eerie situation uh but before we get to that you were a noah diver here up uh, at the thunder bay national marine sanctuary in yeah. the past right yeah yeah i was uh i was actually based at noah headquarters in silver spring maryland and uh worked for the office of national marine sanctuary so we serviced all the sites uh from hawaii to the florida keys to olympic coast to Stellwagen bank and Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary. Oh, cool. So, dove a lot of different places. Nice. This was, you know, most of those, most of the sites are, uh, you know, they have biota. They're they're coral reefs or, you know, humpback whales or something like that. But this one was fun for me because I really like the shipwrecks. Nice. And like for the longest the time, this was the only freshwater marine sanctuary. Yeah, but you know, I think we we've had a huge government takeover of our our public land and and water and. And now we've got, <laughs> yeah, They're New York, place, Lake yeah. Michigan. No, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It it's is. it's nice to see that, um, uh, you know, that one in that one in Wisconsin was back and forth for years. You know, the government governors supported it. Then they really? said, you know, too many right wing wackos were like, mm-hmm. oh no, you can't you can't have a, a national marine sanctuary here. That's a hostile government takeover. <laughs> they didn't even know what they were talking about. Uh-huh. And thankfully, then Tony. Was it Ivers Evers that governor was, right. was now like, all right, yeah, but let's yeah. let's do this. Let's set this aside, yeah. and uh, brings it's economic development. It's uh, oh, yeah. makes sure that these historic shipwrecks are going to be around for generations. I think it's a I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, and you're a you're a Great Lakes guy yourself, right? Yeah, I grew up on Lake Michigan. You know, or next to it anyway, and. Uh, uh, there near Muskegon, in between Muskegon and Whitehall. So I yeah. I grew up with a great lake in my backyard. I'm fortunate to say that, and it's always it's always just been a huge influence in my life. The f- freshwater, the Great Lakes nice. specifically. Yeah. As far as filmmaking goes, you kind of got your start with Noah, making a bunch of shipwreck. I was I I had already done a number of environmental uh, films. Um, my first documentary was about a chemical company near my hometown, the same company responsible for the Love Canal in Niagara Falls, New York, which is oh, a wow. famous okay. environmental yeah. disaster. 
there was a canal they were building. They never finished 70s. it. And then the Hooker Chemical Company was like, eh, let's use that unfinished canal to dump our toxic production waste in. Well, we had the same company in Montague, uh, which also made national news. You can find you know, Walter Cronkite broadcasts talking about mm-hmm. Montague, Michigan, and White Lake, where yeah. they stockpiled barrels, 50,000 barrels of toxic production waste, pesticide compounds. Yeah. Well, it's still and going it just, these days. Well, they... Yeah. Just recently here on River Area, right? I'm uncertain about that. Oh, yeah, just over in Milford area, which you're probably not... Over in the Milford area, which you're probably not familiar okay. with because it's down here. But, yeah, uh, they were dumping toxic chemicals in, yeah, there yeah, in our yeah, local yeah. waterways, and they had to shut yeah. down lakes, rivers, uh, the whole well, thing. They, had, they got caught. They had this perspective, you know, yeah. back in the day that if it if it if you dump it in the sand and it, and it disappears, then it must be it's gone. It's not there anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, there's a water table and... Uh, uh, that you know, it runs into a nearby lake, and mm-hmm. people and that and that story. Uh, they were they were putting these barrels in their property, and then hatcheting them and drain into the sand, and then migrate towards White Lake. And in between the plant and the lake was you know a subdivision, so people right, started right. sucking this stuff up in their in their through their well. And um, if you if you study Whitehall and Montague now, especially Montague. Uh, these diseases that in the general population are like 0.01, you know, rate of incidence. It's like 0.1 or 1. Right. Uh, yeah, and, a thousand times higher. Yeah, reproductive issues, uh, endocrine issues, uh, cancers. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just, it's a hot spot. Yeah. And uh, so environmental storytelling has always been important to me. And when I was getting my Master of Fine Arts at American University, I got a call one day from a woman who became my boss, Kate Thompson, who's also a diver and also from Michigan. And uh, I had like a 15-minute phone call. The next thing I knew, I had a job. Nice. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> like a video storyteller for the yeah. National Marine Sanctuaries. It was great. Did that for three years and got to travel all sorts of phenomenal places, like American Samoa, you know, and sees the, like the largest boulder corals on the planet, right. known boulder, boulder corals on the planet. Then uh, 2017, decided to start my own thing. And so st- still work with NOAA a lot. It's like a client or government-funded projects, Great Lakes Restoration Initiative stuff, areas of concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were all a bunch of smaller shows compared to uh, the Erie situation being yeah. like the first big... F- feature yeah eerie situations my first feature i've had friends tell me for years you know like dude you got to do a feature you got to do a feature and you, re- you really have to d- find the right topic that can constitute a feature and right. you know like the there's there's an art to short stories too you know right. like there's an art to something that's three minutes long there's an art to something 10 minutes long and i got really good at that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i could pump that stuff out all week uh to really dive into a topic of this magnitude um, took a long time, a lot of effort, a lot of question asking, and uh, there's a huge education, really, on on multiple aspects of a particular topic, being why do we have harmful algal blooms in Lake Erie? Now, did that get started with you running into and meeting Ken? Ken actually came later. Ken Sabin, who's the Point Place Ohio resident in the film, uh, 
you know, one of the things that I started doing actually while I was making my thesis film in at American University was this was partially to motivate myself was I created a Facebook page dedicated to the film that I was making. It's like, you know, if the more things I do to convince myself that I'm actually working on something, like maybe the more likely it is that I'm going to actually do something. And uh, what I learned through that process was uh, that film was called I Want to Be an Astronaut. And I started getting people that were interested in the space program messaging my Facebook page for the film before we even started shooting, you know. And an individual I met through that process was a guy who used to replace the heat-resistant tiles on the space shuttle. Uh, And my film was about really uh, young people who wanted to go into the space program at a time when we were uh, shuttering the the shuttle program. And so this was never in my original plan, was to have this guy who used to replace tiles on the shuttle be in the film. But after he connected after with me, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I, I, you know, it was instructive. It was like, man, that, that really worked out. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of doing the same thing with Erie's situation where I, don't, I didn't create a, uh, a page for the film, but using my company page, started boosting some posts in the Toledo, Ohio area with photos that we would get of the bloom and things like that. And Ken was a guy who came across one of these posts and he started sending me video which made it into the film this this cell phone video that he'd been shooting off the back of his boat and every now and then i'd check facebook messenger and i've got a message from this you know guy (laughs) who's really bad at typing and texting Uh and it's just like who's this guy and and so one day late late i would say late in production um midway you know the summer had pretty much gotten gone gone by we get, I was like, okay, we'll come out there. And they thought we were going to give them a, a lecture on what was going on in the lake. Because, you know, we're interacting with all these scientists and posting scientific articles about algae blooms. And so we show up, and everybody, like, at that bait shop, you know, all these people are hanging out at this bait shop thinking that we're going to give them a lesson. And it's like, no, 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 we, we want to get your perspective on what's going on here. And so that's how that relationship started okay. is we, we met all those folks on that one day and just became fast friends, I guess you'd say, with, with, with Ken. It was, he was just, you know, here's a guy, he's unassuming, he, 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 he knows what he knows, but he also knows what he doesn't know. And he, he wasn't like, he, he wasn't someone that was, you know, full of conspiracy theories mm-hmm. or something like that. He was like, you know, I, I, tell me what's Real. going on here. I need to, I want to understand what's going on here. And so through the process of the film, you know, uh, Ken kind of goes through an evolution as well. You see him as someone who kind of lives and depends on the lake from an economic and, I would say, spiritual standpoint. Mm-hmm. You sure. know, That's something he's connected yeah. to, to someone who's now showing up at meetings, public mm-hmm. events, and, and, and more involved. And now people, like, ask Ken, like, Ken, what's going on with the lake? Can you tell us more about nice. the lake? So. That wasn't our intention. Right. It was to turn this guy into some sort of lake advocate, yeah. and you know, because yeah, he really became a central it, figure yeah. in the show. Yeah, you know, by, by the end. But so it came yeah. late, and so the the show script kind of just evolved and wrote itself for you. Yeah. Well, you know, I coming from working for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the scientific community was always an audience that I did not want to disappoint. And so 
covering the science of harmful algal blooms yeah. in a way that a scientist is going to watch this and not cringe and say, ugh, because I feel like that happens all the time, where yeah. you, you see a scientific press release or something of a discovery or <laughs> whatever, and then the news media turns it into yeah. something, and they're like, you know, they're, they're stuck like, oh, God. Right. You know, like, Voice. that's not what our science is saying at all. So I wanted to be sure that any, any, any claims we made in the film were not going to make the scientists who study this issue cringe. And that was like first and foremost. But that's a lot for just an audience to try and, ex- you know, experience. Right. Yeah, so we yeah. still needed to find, you know, the threads, the, the through lines. And that's really Ken. And to a large extent, it's also this organic farmer that we found, Joe. Yeah, Joe Hammond yeah. with Hammond Farms, Hammond Organic. Um, uh, you, you know, like people are going to, I wanted people who had difficulty wrapping their head around the situation, who maybe got like a little piece of the story through a newspaper article from time to time. I wanted folks to be able to have an informed conversation mm-hmm. of what was happening with the lake, what the causes were, what the politics were surrounding it in terms of policy or lack of policy. Uh, and then to to get them to go along for that ride, I needed human beings that they could relate to, who w- they you know could sustain the film. You know, you want to know like what happens with Ken, you know, or you know, right, what's yeah. what's Joe going to do next? What can I learn from Joe? Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, you know we've got a good balance of Sesame Street for adults. You know, let's learn about something. <laughs> you know, combined with with relatable, likable people that. That, that are just Care fun to watch on screen. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a really good balance mm-hmm. between the science of it and then the personal stories that bring it yeah. all together. Yeah. In your bio, when I was looking at it, you had something that caught my eye of the, uh, the front porch philosophy that, that you like to bring. And is that kind of a little bit what you meant by that, of, of just bringing just a regular, everyday people's you know, thoughts into something that uh, not just all just the numbers and the data? Well, most audiences, in the, at, at the end of the day, I mean, we're telling a story. I'm not giving you a pre- PowerPoint presentation on harmful algal blooms, although I could do that. You know, I could, you know, walk you through how nutrients leave a farm field and end up in a creek and a stream and into the river and then end up into, a, into Lake Erie and, and cause uh, a harmful algal bloom. Um, and 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 maybe that's enough to sustain some people but at the end of the day i want i want to i want to make a movie that i want to see and that i think other people want to see and hopefully learn something as well along the way right. so yeah i think it's important to find people that are relatable who through the way they live their lives and the way they interact with a you know a resource like we'll call it like Lake Erie or something like that how they what's telling about how they interact with the lake uh that helps elevate the scientific education that we're trying to give you along the way yeah fantastic and uh that's part of that transformative process in a way like you're talking about there on the panel yeah getting started in a project like that yeah wanting to give some science but also yeah make people feel it when they watch it yeah i mean i i typically go several years in between big projects because of the emotional uh 
debt that I have to pay yeah. to to go through the experience mm. of making a film. Learning, uh, learning the seriousness yeah. of really what's going on. Yeah, and then like when I did my space you. program film, mm-hmm. I knew nothing. I I I wasn't a space advocate. I didn't right. really think about the space program other than I thought it was an infantile effort of sending expensive Roman candles into the ethos and what have you done for me lately, you know? And it wasn't until I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say that we had spent more money bailing out the banks in 2008 and 2009 than we had in the entire 50-year history of the space program that I was suddenly like, well, wait a second. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. Because I at least Mm -hmm. know that the space program, for a time we had kids saying, like, I want to, you know, when you ask them, what do I want to be when I grow up? It was like doctor, firefighter, astronaut. And if you weren't going to be funding these things, were you still going to have kids saying, I wanted to be an astronaut? And And if kids weren't saying that or asking that, what did that say about our society and the and sorts the of priorities that we had? And so, um, yeah, e- e- every time I, I go through a, a big project, and that was a that was a forty minute film. That was, um, uh, you're never going to be the same person coming out the other side that that you started out going into it as, and that's that's the beauty of it. But it's also the 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 debt that right. you pay. It's a paradox. Yeah. Slash double-edged sword. Yeah. Pandora's box. Very good. You're not going to unknow the things that you learn, and well, sometimes you want to. Bliss, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, it can be, right? Well, that's what you were saying at the, at the end of that panel, right? The, um, the dealing with the despair of, of the reality of the stuff and, and the difficulty in trying to disassociate at one point, right? right. And to stay positive. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess it's got to be very easy to just get lost in that. Yeah. Well, you guys are divers, you know, and right. you're... You see it. For one reason or another, you know, for me, it calms my ADHD. I go, I get in the water and suddenly... Agreed. Suddenly I'm calm. I feel at peace. I'm not distracted mm, by... There's focused. like three things I got to worry about. My depth, my <laughs> air, the yeah. amount of time yeah. I've been down here. Like, yeah. I pay attention yeah, to those three things. you don't have a choice, but you yeah. have to focus on yeah. those things. Yeah, But, you know, in that, in that experience, that, you know, you're, you're being exposed to a vulnerable resource. And you can see especially over time, you know, like the shipwrecks mm-hmm. here, they're all covered with zebra mussels. Mm-hmm. And that's great for water visibility, yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but it's terrible for water quality. Right. We, we think the clear water means uh-huh. better water, but really that means that there's, n- there's no food source in the, in the water column anymore. Okay. And it's great to look at shipwrecks, but what are the fish going to eat? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as someone who's in the water all the time, you guys, you know, get to see firsthand right, right. changes taking place. And you know, I've done some filming in the Florida Keys, and you talk to divers that were diving in the 60s, and you go out there today, and you're like, wow, that was amazing. And they're like, well, you should have seen it yeah. in the 1960s. Well, it's coming back a little in their defense. I mean, it, I was going in the 80s and 90s. It was horrid. It was dead. But it's, it's coming sure. back a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. David, this has been great. Um, just to kind of wrap things up for today, um, you made a comment um, in regards to it would make more sense to just go ahead and just drill for oil than to farm for biofuels. Uh, I think this was a lot to do with Farmer Joe, right? When uh, you were yeah. talking with him. Well, you know, one of the things... And audiences need to see the film and understand uh, the the 
the farming apparatus uh, that 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 sort of dictates how we grow food in the United States, and that's all kind of goes back to the farm bill. And so, uh, there's a lot of federal government subsidies that that enable or encourage, persuade folks, large farms mainly, uh, to grow certain types of crops for certain types of reasons. And one of those is corn. It's, you know, we grow a lot of corn, we grow a lot of soybeans. And 40% of that is grown for animal feed and biofuel, ethanol. And uh, aside from the really negative consequences of, of monoculture farming itself um, and and the problems that that has on the environment, the the advertising you see surrounding ethanol, if you watch a commercial on TV, it's it's greenwashed at the wazoo, where right. it's like this is our green energy, this is a renewable resource, and unfortunately, if you do the math and you look at the science and 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 what's really happening, growing forty percent of our corn for fuel and animal feed, it actually is more environmentally sound to drill for oil, refine it, and turn that into fuel. Because if you're growing corn for fuel, you have to run diesel trucks and diesel tractors to run that farm. You have to use energy to convert it into ethanol and then add it into fuel. And by the time that process is all done, you've damaged the environment more than putting down a well and drilling for oil and running that through a refinery so it just doesn't make sense from a green standpoint but that's the that's the pr yeah around the whole thing so constantly being marketed really every every idea that's thrown at us yeah yeah so i that's that's something i've learned to the process of making this film it's not it's not a statistic that's in the film um but you know as as I consider what the next project might be, I really want to dive into the details of the farm bill and and how that money being divvied up is you know really the biggest influence on the nutritional value in our food, what farmers are growing, what farmers are actually getting the kind of you know big dollars that are supporting these sorts of incentives, and what's not being funded so new farmers. Farmers that are trying to, you know, focus on soil health. There's a little bit in there for organics. You know, there's a there's there's a pittance in there for people trying to do the right thing. But the bulk of our second to the defense bill, uh-huh. you know, is the farm bill farming, yeah. is going towards these negative practices yeah, that have gotten crazy. us where we are and lead to things like Lake Erie. Yeah, it's, it's always the tip of the iceberg. You know, when you start uncovering anything, it seems. Yeah, I could have said that a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, it needs to be explained, though, because, I mean, you're up against a huge, I, I keep wanting to call them the enemy, but they're, you're up against a huge blockade when you, you start talking about all this money, the big government, big corporations. Lobbyists. Lobbyists, yeah. Did you ever get a chance to, to, to talk to the CAFA people at all? Um, as far as what's we, the response to, oh, to right. this? We had reached out to some producers, okay. uh, and and they don't want to be filmed. They don't want to be talked. No. Yeah. Um, yes. But the, we we did interview Farm Bureau, and they're very skilled at, Talk. at, at the 
spinning at the talking points <laughs> that they have. Yeah. Uh, they wrote a they wrote a response to my film two days after it premiered where they concluded that the film was unconscionable and without merit. You just say those those words without anything to back it up either. And uh, yeah, yeah I well, I get, you know, this is the this is the thing, and I know that we're over time here, but it's fine. The, the it's thing fine. the fine. thing is is when when we when when you, when you and I hear the word farmer, we probably think of the quaint, yeah, you know, farmhouse, <laughs> you know, the red the barn. overalls, yes. yeah. the, the 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 red barn, you know, the the kids running around right. in the yard, high on the windows, the, yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's that that's going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nobody, going away. Nobody ever pictures those KFOs like. Yeah. But that's what the Farm Bureau, the Farm Bureau wants us to think about that image that you and I associate with farmer. But what they mean by farmer, the people that they're advocating for are these mega agro firms that are, you know, multi-million dollar corporations. Using loopholes and and, and rules like, you know, 5,000. So you're never going to go against a farmer or farming, (laughs) would you? Right? You wouldn't do that. American, yeah. Right? And so it's very difficult politically to create the kind of change that's needed when someone says you're against farming, you're Mm -hmm. against farmers. How dare you? We will. We'll just quit growing food for you. I mean, these are the kind of lobbying techniques that you know. So in the end, is it? Is it something that's going to have to be taken care of on the consumer end or restriction, you know, on, on on the other end? Well, I think, I think that we, 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 we simply need to have a, a valid conversation, a realistic conversation about the realities of what we grow, how we grow it and the, the impacts that has on human health and the environment and going along with that, um, Certainly, the more educated we become as consumers, you know, in different countries, they prioritize their paycheck differently. differently you yeah, know, some people, yeah. like, prioritize the quality of their food, and then they'll, you know, decide what cell phone to get. Here yeah. in the United States, it's, let me get the fancy cell phone. Whatever I have left over, I'll yeah. buy the, some food with, you know. Uh, so, anytime you go to the store and you buy a product, like Farmer Joe says in the film, is you just voted for how you wanted that made. Right, and so, yeah, absolutely. um, You know, it's it's a hard conversation to have, especially when you're talking about low income folks. That like, well, you know, they buy what they can afford. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, can you afford to be sick? So, yeah, Yeah, it's 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 the short term thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's the education we need to have is is really flip this on its head. Uh, Are we asking too much? I mean, by by wanting to to have healthy food and healthy options no, and healthy no. and a clean lake yeah. Erie. Yeah, clean lakes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, it's a, it's a great flick, man. I hope uh, all of our listeners get a chance to get out there and check it out. Uh, tell them where to go watch it. So we're still doing private screenings and film festivals. Uh, but if you go to the eerie you can either request a screening or find out where the next one is. Uh, eventually we anticipate this will probably be on, you know, you'll be able to watch it through either Hulu or, uh, Amazon prime, et cetera. Okay, great. And in the meantime, they can probably check it out on the, the virtual show of, uh, this film festival here. Thunder, you, Thunder Thunder that's right. Festival. Festival. Yeah, that's right. After you can, this show is done, there'll be yeah. the virtual. There is a virtual mm-hmm. screening. Great way to support this film festival and the work that they're doing here. Uh, so get your virtual ticket. There you go. Very good. 
Excellent, David. Thanks. It's yeah, really I, nice I shading. I just want to say, Dave, uh, our, our listening audience didn't get to sit in on the discussion panel with all you filmmakers, but I want to say uh, your passion came through, which all you filmmakers did, but it was fantastic. Uh, I loved it. And for our other divers listening out there, yeah. I mean, uh, I think you got into this not realizing what it would become. Yeah. At least it seemed that way to me because you said you were going to take yeah. samples. You were going out to film the sample taking, but yeah. it blew up into to this, which yeah. is really eye-opening. Well, so, you know, you. you know, dive, like, like, did you guys ever talk to Steve, who was a, against the sanctuary coming in here? Old, and then he uh, became... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of a thing. You know, you guys are exposed to something special all the yes. time. And so, like, you've got an opportunity, and really, I would say an obligation to let other people know, other divers know, Agreed. you know, what's important um, and how to protect mm-hmm. it. And for our kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Cool, bud. See you guys later. Absolutely. All right, so there's old David Ruck, Brando. Um, we also got to spend some time. Well, the people know we've uh, talked about old Stephanie up there at the old Call shipper. Old Stephanie. I didn't say old. I said old from the old National Marine Sanctuary, our old little ha- favorite haunt up there. And, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm, Steph, I'm trying to stick up for you. You're not old. You're not old. Our beautiful Miss Stephanie, that is our dear friend up in the Noah Museum. And uh, we've interviewed her. And uh, we actually love just hanging out with her and uh, be, actually just being her friend is great. So, Yeah, so we got to spend some time talking with her niece, Fallon. Who's not old either. No, I, I, a budding little uh, diver and uh, Great Lakes enthusiast as well as a potential podcaster, we learned, Brando. Yeah, she's, uh, she, she saw the success of the Great Dive podcast and says, Mom... That's for me. I've got a career change of plans. <laughs> That's, that is for me. Look at these guys just hanging out here, yapping, and they can make money doing it. Check out our little interview with Fallon. No, she's uh Did you hit did you hit the record button yet? We're recording. We're recording. This is all on the air. People, you know where our top three listening audiences are, Fallon? No. United States of America, Australia, 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 mate. Can you do an Australian accent? Can you do an Australian? No, I can't. Give it a try. Give it a try. try. Say things like, crikey. That's Nate and Oife. My. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are here with Fallon. Fallon, what's your full name? Uh, Fallon Eileen Gondula Jukari. And you are here because you are the niece of Stephanie Gandula, right? Yes. And now where do you live yourself? Uh, I live in Alpena, Michigan. Wonderful. And, well, we heard rumor that you had a podcast or something similar to a podcast that you do yourself. Um, I, um, don't really send it out to other people. I just send it out to my family, really. Okay. Um, but it's called Eileen's Travelers. And the Eileen name comes from where? Uh, my middle name. Your middle name. There you go. So Eileen's Travelers. 
And what do you what what do you talk about? Um, well, recently I've been just talking about the galaxies and, and stars. Wow. Um, I just looked up the name stars and um, it it like just reading off of whatever I find. So. Now you you know you're talking to two stars right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. She's laughing. It should be. So. You're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to say, "I understand that." <laughs> Now, is it true that you have aspirations of learning to scuba dive? Uh, yes. Um, my first dive, I think it was, it felt like a month ago, but it was actually just a few weeks ago. Um, and where were you at? Uh, we were just at the pool. Okay. Um, we just learned a few, like, signals and stuff like that. And what was your favorite, two-part, two-part question, Fallon, two-part, your favorite part of that first session and your least favorite part of that first session? Um, well, my favorite part was going underwater. My least favorite part was all the talking that people did. I just oh, wanted to get underwater. Oh, just shut up and let surface. me go diving. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Fallon? I think you have a lot in common with both James and I because those are both of my favorite my parts. Favorite, my favorite part is going underwater so that I don't have to listen to anybody talk anymore. My least favorite part is carrying all the equipment. The equipment's tough. Down to the water or the boat. That's a yeah. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question for you too. Okay, go go for it. Um, were have you ever one? Have you ever um, gone and seen a shipwreck? Lots of them. There's there's James right there inside one. Oh yes. There's one right there. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we have been shipwreck diving for a very long time. It's why we're up here right now is because we both have a very strong affiliation for this area because both of us have, and this has been our favorite shipwreck location for many years, this whole coast in and along the Thunder Bay area up into the Presqu'ile area. It's the best shipwrecks in all of the Great Lakes are held right here in this area, right where your aunt gets to, like, work and teach people about on a daily basis. It's pretty amazing. Like yeah. you, You're going to get to see some really cool stuff in the years to come. That's incredible. Do you have a shipwreck in mind that, that, that's in your head now that you're luring to scuba dive that you're, you're thinking about? I have no idea how many shipwrecks or any of the shipwreck names. <laughs> <laughs> you're going into a blind, which is a good way to go. You have no no bias. Is there something specific that you want to see underwater, like as a as a new getting ready to be a certified scuba diver uh, that, that you definitely want to see in your life? I want to see a shark, except I do not want to get too close to it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've got a question for you. I got a follow up question. When you say you want to see a shark, because a lot of people's interpretations of a shark vary, because some sharks are this big, some sharks are gigantically big. So, like when you see a shark that you don't want to get too close to, is there a shark that you want to see? Like, I've seen great white sharks. I've seen hammerhead sharks. I've seen very calm little docile nurse sharks. I just want to see 
some calm church that'll just go right by me. <laughs> and, and that's usually the case when you see a shark. Yeah. Most sharks don't like scuba divers. Yeah. We're ugly. We got big goofy fins on and hoses and there's bubbles coming everywhere and we're making all kinds of bubbly noises so most sharks don't like to be around divers very long so if you get to see one it's usually a pretty lucky moment and it doesn't last very long because they're gone pretty quick yeah and um it is like um i don't know if it's true or not but um it is like um you would it's more likely to get struck by lightning than right. get aided by a shark. Yeah, the sharks don't want to hurt Right. Yeah. True. Have you been in the ocean before? No. Okay. Have you well, ever have you ever danced around outside in a lightning storm? Yes. So you are more likely you are nature. more likely to get struck by lightning than eaten by a shark then. This is a true fact. Have you ever danced in a lightning storm with sharks? No. Oh, well, that's pretty dangerous. <laughs> Do you have another question for us? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> wait a no, minute, you wait guys a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Pretty, uh... What about for, for, for your traveler show? If you were doing it, like, do you have uh, any stock questions you ask your, uh, for your traveler questions? Um... I um I do ask my um well whoever's like watching but um I I ask them um like who um if I do special guests um yeah. who I want to see or who you uh, who um people want to see or um I um I also do different stuff um I just started one today it was um it was um, like you did. I read about something with the stars, and then I um, we like drew something with uh, like today we did the Big Dipper. Okay. We, yeah. Okay, wow. So we drew the Big Dipper. But nice. yeah, and I asked them which star they wanted to see next. But I'm just going by our my book. That's right. Right now, has um, Stephanie taken you out to see the stars out here? No. Is it on your list to go see? Because yeah. of the, I mean, you could be out on Lake Huron with nothing around, all the way on Middle Island, and you would see a major star show out there. Yeah. She, it's funny because she takes us to all these play, different places, and she doesn't have a list of what to do. And she, she, oh, she's, she's like a tourist. Like, she's so used to touring around here that she, um, if she's even never been here before, she's just, um, she's like, okay, we'll go this way first. (laughs) Well, trade secret. None of us adults know what we're doing. No. All we do is wing it. We just all fake it. it. Fake it till you make it, they say. That's right. That's the parent's rule. I've got some questions for you. So you've been at the film festival. Yes. Do you have a favorite one that you've seen so far? Um, geez, there's so many. <laughs> right. Oh, well, I agree. I agree. They're all really, really good. Um, did any one of them, like, stand out as, like, oh, that that one I could really identify with or I could... Um, the Lake Erie one, I don't... Lake Erie ones, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one last night? Yeah. Yeah. Very um... eye-opening. Did you know anything about any of that before? 
Um, the two that I uh, like, the two that I was surprised with was the Lake Erie one and um, the mining one. I didn't know that there was mining in the ocean at all, oh, and wow. I didn't know that the problem with Lake, Lake Erie was right. happening. Yeah, the yeah, mining the, one is a great one too because I didn't know they were mining that deep in the ocean for yeah. The mining one was minerals. a very powerful really film too to, to see that to really open up your eyes to wow. I can't believe this is happening. You gotta watch that. Yeah, you almost threw my uh, program at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Surfer Girls? Did you see the Surfer Girls? Um, I didn't. I didn't have time. I was oh, helping okay, my aunt okay. with others. Well, if you get a chance, check that one out. I think you really like it because they're. It's a story about young girls and they're um, probably their mid-teens, fourteen. Yeah, they're like thirteen years old. Who surfing. their whole life is surfing. So it's it's a but really their families good. don't want them to surf. But they do it anyways because it's the, it, it, it's the only thing that makes them feel alive. Yeah, is, is surfing. They, they come from a very poor background, very poor you know community in, in Bangladesh, and the, their family wants them to be working full time jobs at 13 years old to bring money to the family. All these girls want to do is like be on the water and surf and live life. You know, which is something that. It's easy for us over here and to take for States, granted. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, 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 something so important to those girls. It was a real. I thought it was a very moving, powerful film. Great movie. <laughs> Is this your first year here? Yeah, um, we moved um, to Alpena in August. Oh, okay. Um, but Where'd we have. Where'd you come from, Fallon? Uh, Montana. Oh, you were from Montana too, just like your aunt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, when you said you were from Alpena, I was early. I was thinking I thought they were from Montana. Montana. So you moved here now. So yeah. Here, you live here now. Yeah. Okay. So That's you're super. not just traveling as uh, tourists anymore. You are residents. You're an Alpenaite. You're Alpenians. Alpenians, right? Is that yeah. What huh. I think that's the technical term. <laughs> Alpenians. I think that's incredible. You're how old are you again? Um, I'm ten. Ten years old. I've already lived in Montana and Alpena, Michigan. And you're gonna learn scuba diving. And you're into astronomy, right? Yes. Or physics, or astrophysics, Both. or everything. Everything. Nice. I love it. What is your favorite law of physics? Boyle's law. Do you know Boyle's law? I haven't gotten into that stuff for <laughs> doing school. Ask your Aunt Stephanie about that. For scuba diving. It's, for scuba scuba it's, diving. A, it's a law of scuba diving. A lot of physics with scuba diving if you like physics. It's a little bit different than astrophysics, but mm. it's um, physics. Yeah. yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite physics law? Do you have a favorite physics law? I don't know any physics <laughs> well, Okay. I'm just curious. Just curious. Okay. Well, I love it. I love it. Do you, do you have any more questions for... No, I think we're good. Are you good, Fallon? Yeah. Have you had enough uh, of us? These two old guys. Well, we would uh, we would like to thank you for joining us in this wonderful little interview. And I can't wait to see you as a certified diver. And I hope we get to go dive on a shipwreck together. Yeah. This summer. And we're going to be there this summer. We're going to we're coming out dive with you and Stephanie this summer. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Fallon, very You're much. Well, thanks for joining us. Great. All right, Brando. Well, last year, the film festival was a blast. We had uh, some listeners and some friends show up and meet us up there, uh, hung out with us Friday night for the gala event 
this year, uh, it's on uh, Friday the 26th. Uh, it goes from 6 to 9 p.m. There is the gala big reception that will take place Friday where they've got where you're right inside the museum, basically right in front of the the big old schooner, hanging out right there, having uh, having some drinks, chatting with friends, meeting new people. And there's a few short films and then an intermission and then a, a big film. And by big film, like the big films are usually like an hour to an hour and a half in length. And then they, they've got a couple of little little teasers, a couple little short little, you know, five, 10, 20 minute flicks. And, uh, and then a little uh, live discussion that takes place Friday night. You can do that whole event for $30. On Saturday, Brando, there's a couple of different theaters. Uh, the, the programs start at 10 a.m., and uh, go throughout uh, into the into the evening. Uh, six o'clock, I think, is the last scheduled set, and then uh, that kind of repeats on Sunday as well. Uh, except they finish up a little bit earlier on Sunday, so everybody can head back down state if you need to get back home. And uh, the program, if you go over to uh, the thunderbayfriends.org you can buy these programs you know uh just one little ten dollar little segment at a time or you can buy an all-access pass to to get into the whole entire event so uh send old stephanie a message over there and find out and let us know if you're going to come up and join us this year at the thunder bay international film festival up in alpena michigan come on down and uh share some craft beers too some craft beers and Northern Michigan wines. Hey, you've heard us talk about uh, a couple of the cool old pubs up there in old oh. na- nautical town of Alpena. You might just see us up there. I think it it is uh, home to one of the best dive bars north of the equator. So we are going to Latitude Saturday night. Well, of course we are going to Latitude. It's tradition at this point. All right, everybody. Well, hopefully you guys can join us up in uh, Alpena for uh, the film festival. Uh, some live music at Latitudes, maybe, and a couple of uh, cocktails and uh, some some meeting, some fun people. Uh, I, I can't wait to, to – there's some cool shows that I'm looking forward to seeing and uh, definitely hanging out with some old friends and meeting some new ones. So let us know if you guys can make it. And if you can make it, we'll let you buy us a beer. How's that? How's that for an, an invite? <laughs> Perfect. If you can get up to Alpena, Michigan, the weekend of the 26th, you can buy the Great Dive Podcast a cocktail. I think, I think we should bring a, a bunch of stickers. We will. A sticker oh, yeah, will. for a cocktail. A sticker for a cocktail. Yeah, meet us up there. Uh, we'll have some Great Dive Podcast swag for you. Uh, you can meet some other uh, cool filmmakers, too. If they've got a link, you can contact them at... Phone number 989-884-6212. Or you can email Stephanie over at uh, Steph, S-T-E-P-H, dot Gandula, G-A-N-D-U-L-L-A, at NOAA.gov. Brandon, should we sign some blog books on the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary, Thunder Bay International Film Festival 2024? thought we were giving up logbooks for 2024. I thought give that me. was our, our new year. There, give me that thing. <laughs> Throw that shit out of here. We're, we're going, we we're going uh, digital with our logbooks, and uh, we don't require signatures. 
Here's my iPad. Will you, um, <laughs> just uh, tap this right here. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Toodles. Blood, blood, blood.